Welcome to Catholic Stuff You Should Know, a J10 initiative. Talking about fresh, fresh, jiggy fresh. What up, folks? This is Father Nathan. Father Michael Lapa. This is Catholic Stuff You Should Know. We are a podcast recorded by three priests in Colorado. Um, <laughs> Father Michael, Father Nathan, and Father Mike. Uh, some of you might have remembered Father John. Um, he is now uh, no longer recording, uh, at least for a while. But when he comes home, we're going to record the snot out of that guy. He actually promised me that he would uh, record sometime in Advent. Cool. Out from Rome. Cool. So, yeah. Nah, we missed that cat. Yeah. I got to talk to him briefly on the phone, and uh sounds like things are going well, and we miss him. We got Mikey, though. Um, so it's, it's kind of wild. I mean, I was thinking about this just yesterday. I was like, wow, in this time next year, Father John's going to be back forever and ever for good. Right. And I'm like, dang, how am I going to deal with that? (laughs) Like, I don't get enough sleep (laughs) as is with Father John back. I'm not going to sleep at all. And I'll hopefully still be in Denver, still living with you. That's what we're hoping. We'll have John come. So, yeah, by the time this podcast comes out, Father Michael O'Loughlin will have moved into my rectory. Yeah. We will officially be cohabitating. (laughs) I am. And we'll we'll hopefully have a real studio instead of my coffee table. Well, by real studio, I think you mean we are probably going to be moving into the wine rack, gun rack room. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, we can, yeah, we can make that a real studio down in the basement, down in the dungeon. Yeah, and I think we might actually invest in some of that foam. Yes, you know? exactly. So I was chatting with Anna Polito about swag. I don't know if I'm supposed to be saying this or That's not. That's all right. Anyway, we might have some swag coming up. Might have some, uh, might might, have some, might have some t-shirts. Might have some Christmas swag, We might folks. have some Christmas swag. Um, so uh, no promises. But uh, we were talking about budget, and we were looking at our finances because we're now a nonprofit, and and she actually factored in the cost of a potential studio into like oh, cool. how much we have and what we can spend. So, um, so anyway, I, I think if we if we put together something where we can just walk in, we're not holding the microphones on our laps like we are right now. We have better sound. I'm I'm recording in the power position for one of the first <laughs> times ever. You're you're like how people used to eat in Jesus's day. I feel like, great, kind of laying on their side. I'm reclining. You're, you're eating uh, this is, this is very jelly relaxing. belly candy corns. <laughs> yeah, some jelly belly candy corns. Happy happy Halloween. Yes. Oh, it's Halloween? Yeah, we're recording on Halloween. Yeah. Happy for, All Hallows' Eve. For celibates and uh, for just like dudes that aren't that into dressing up, Yeah, like it's not that big of a thing. No. But I did dress up today. Ooh. So you can't really see it, but I'm in like all black. And then I got my black... Um, <laughs> I got my black... <laughs> snap button shirt on okay. and I was wearing a cowboy hat and uh. a bandana and I was like a candy thief so uh, I'd run up to the kids okay. like uh, while they were like going through the line we do a early learning center Halloween like you know costume party nice. so then they have different stations where they can get candy nice. and I would just run up to the people who were giving out candy and say <laughs> stick them up grab their candy and run away <laughs> not to the kids but that's an awesome practical costume it was yeah so uh, Perry West, who does our intro music, oh, yeah. did you see the picture today for him? I haven't seen it. I saw him already, but like he told me about his costume. It looks amazing. <laughs> it was. He's Captain Murica. Captain Murica. Captain Murica. So he's like in cowboy boots. He has this big old gut. He has a Captain America, I think, shirt on, but it's like it's it's above his gut. So he has this gut, cowboy boots, like mullet that's almost as epic as yours. True. And uh, looking very Captain Murica. So yeah, I thought it was hilarious. Did we tell the story about that guy at the Isaacoff concert? So we had a guy. We had a guy come up to us. Um, he ran up to us at the Isaacoff concert, knelt down, and said, "Good teacher, what must I do?" To... No, I'm just kidding. Uh, he came. He came up to us and he's like, "Hey, are you Father Nathan?" Oh, that's I said, right. Yeah. I said, yeah, I'm Father Nathan. And he's like, "Oh, cool. I listened to the podcast. I'm like, that's awesome." Maybe he heard me talking, whatever. Yeah. But then he's like, hey, by the way, I'm from Dubuque, Iowa, uh, and you need to stop ragging on Dubuque, <laughs> Iowa. That's right. And I was like, ouch. <laughs> well, so, not like that, that. So you've been recognized a couple times in Rome, 
in in Denver just because of your mold. I've been recognized by face in St. Louis in the airport one time. But You've been recognized by voice. By voice many times. I got recognized by voice running a 10K, actually. But right. the, uh, the, the thing I learned about that Isaacoff concert was there was this woman who was like, what, like four months pregnant. She was starting a show. Oh, that's so funny. She was sitting at the Isaacoff concert with a, with, with, with a puke bucket. With a pumpkin, <laughs> like a pumpkin, um, like a trick-or-treat basket. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, those pumpkin, like pumpkin bags, pumpkin. <laughs> to put candy in. Yeah, exactly, to put candy yeah. those plastic ones. Yeah. And I was like, I actually said to her, I was like, I was like, what, what exactly is that for? What are you going to barf into it? And she goes, yes. Yep. <laughs> I'm four months pregnant. And I was like, oh, cool. It was so epic. I'm like, I, she was my new hero. Like, you're, you're, you're horribly sick. You're four months pregnant. And you came out to a concert. And you just brought a puke bucket with you. So when you get sick, you can keep on listening to the music. But it looked super then... cool. It was like one of those jack-o'-lanterns. Yeah, exactly. It was, it was epic. I loved it. Yep. Uh, yep, yep. That was my first Red Rock show. That's crazy. I feel like a horrible Colorado and been here 13 years and went to finally one Red Rock show. Well, uh, Father Mike Rapp just told me about uh, Avid Brothers and Mandolin Orange Ooh. are coming on New Year's Day. Oh, wow. It's going to be free. To Red Rocks? Yeah. It's going to be freezing. Yeah. Wow. I'm like, I don't know. Sounds pretty cool. I guess you never know. In Colorado, it might be nice. but It's not going to be that nice, but it could be nice. Day show or night show? I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, day show would be kind of lame. It would be bright. It would be warmer, though. Yeah. Anyway. So, anyways. I didn't know they did shows at... at, uh, I've never heard of that before. Middle of the winter. So, yeah, bring your barf bucket. Yeah. (laughs) You pregnant ladies have no excuse, because we've met one that came to the show anyway. That's right. (laughs) Yep. So, question for you. Yes. Did you have seminarians? Did you ever mentor seminarians? Yes. You did? Yeah. Well, I had the Basil House here. Right. Well, they weren't seminarians, I guess, but they were men discerning. But you had, a guy, you had a guy who was a seminarian. Yeah, I've state. had a couple summers where guys were assigned here. Right. And do you, do you, like, mentor them? Yeah. Do you, like, talk to them about this is what it means to be a priest? I just and... tell them a bunch of stories about the crazy things that have happened to me in my ministry. So, like, real life? Yes, exactly. Do you like throw them up against the wall, like stared straight? Well, I, yeah, I tell them stories that I hope scare them because these are the ones that they'll remember. So when they're in the ministry, they won't be surprised because there's been like a couple, like, you know, experiences in ministry, but especially with people that completely shocked me. Like I, I didn't know people like this existed, and 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 so when they when they approach me or have an issue, it's like I, I need to kind of process the reality before I minister to them. And if I can get rid of that processing period and I can just love on them without kind of being startled by the whole situation, it'd be more helpful to me. So I think the more stories I tell that kind of shock them, it's like, okay, so when this happens, hopefully they won't be shocked. Can yeah. you tell one of them on the podcast? Ooh, I don't know if I should. I, I, if I think of something, I'll let you know. But right. I, I don't want. I don't want to. Do you have a rule book? Himself. No. All right. We're gonna go through some of the rules on how to be a priest with Father Nathan Gober. <laughs> nice. These rules came into existence in part because uh, Daniel, Father Daniel Eusterman, was my first ever right. seminarian. Okay. And he was amazing. Right. Great, great guy, and uh, one of my friends. I count him as a brother and uh, one of the companions now. And he walked with me during my first year as a priest, as a pastor, I should say. So I had to impart to him the wisdom that I'd acquired over two years. Okay. And then uh, pastor for, like, literally, I became pastor, like, June 15th. He showed up, like, June 22nd or July 1st. Okay. So we kind of learned together. Yeah. Right? So we're going to go through some of the rules (laughs) on... uh, how to be a priest. Awesome. Okay. The first rule, last time uh, we recorded, we talked about the rules of discernment, okay? Yes. And with St. Ignatius. Right. Those are time-tested. This was the camping one. You compared it to Exactly. Camping. Okay. Rules right. for survival, yes. wilderness survival. Nice. 
which I got an email, I got a text from one of our listeners, and they've already purchased uh, Discernment of Spirits by wow. Timothy Gallagher. Sweet. I was like, great, get on board. Yeah. So, um, these rules aren't necessarily going to stand the test of time. Okay. But they are important. Not like Ignatius does. Yes, but I would say that rule number one is the most important. Okay. The greatest maxim I can impart to any young priest or any new pastor. Are you ready? Absolutely. This is an important one. And actually, it was learned because I wasn't doing it. Okay. Father, Father Daniel like saw this in action many times. And then I had two <laughs> other seminarians. I had Daniel Wolbach, uh, shout out. He's at Loretto, uh, Our Lady of Loretto in Foxfield. Um, and then Justin Doerr, um, who was my seminarian this year. So mm-hmm. three years running. Okay. All of them got the same first rule. All right. Rule number one. I'm going to say this with a with a with a. Uh, There's so much lead up to rule number oh, one yeah. because it, it is the most important rule. It's what we're going to talk about most All right. of. All right. um, I'm going to say the D word with a P. Okay. Okay. Don't be a pick. Okay. Right. Don't. All right. That's rule number one. For priests. Yeah, I actually okay. want to be like, make up a little, like, uh, whatever it's called. Uh, where you like, you know, DBAD. Oh, okay. Like, you know, teach people like FOMO, oh, I FOMO, see. or, you know, whatever the other ones are, yeah. LMAO, DBAD. 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 Yeah. Don't be a drip. Right. Don't be a drip, okay? Here's why. Okay. This came about in part because uh, this lady walks into the sacristy, which I don't like, okay? See, you learned by doing, in other words. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Rule number one. So uh, this lady walks into the sacristy. God bless her. Um, And I I don't like people just walking into the sacristy because it's like the one place where you're just trying to pray. A little sanctuary. You're just trying to, yeah, you're just trying to get, you know, like, your thoughts together, whatever. And she just walks right in. Okay, fine. So, and she says, Father, I made you this rosary. And I said to her, I don't need one. I already have one. And she goes, I made it specifically for you. And I was like, oh, okay, great. I'll have another one to give away. Oh my gosh. And I didn't even realize that I was doing this. And poor impressionable Daniel Eusterman, seminarian, future priest of God, is standing right there. And then she leaves. And then I accept it, put it into a drawer, and then, you know, like, go back to my business. And he goes, why couldn't you just receive the rosary? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, why couldn't you just, you know, say thank you, and that's enough? And I'm like, because I, I don't like more trinkets. And he's like, but she doesn't need to know that. She doesn't need to know that you're going to give it away. Yeah. And I said, okay. So then I found her later, and I said, thank you so much for the rosary. I'm going to put it in the confessional, because as of right now, there's no rosary okay. like there. So if nobody comes to confession, I can just pray it there. Nice. As it turns out, somebody did come to confession, and I gave them that rosary. Oh. And they told me later, they're like, Father, um, I've been praying that rosary. Wow. I'm like, awesome. Okay. But it doesn't, it doesn't overcome the fact that that I just, you know, I did not fulfill the, the number one rule. Mm. Don't be a drip, okay? Right. Because, and here's the reason why, is when you get power, when you get power, you cannot wait to use it. Okay. Like, imagine you're playing like N64 and you get a, you know, three red shells. <laughs> okay. And you're just like, <laughs> whenever I get a chance, I'm yeah. going to shoot this person. And I'm, and they need to know, like, I'm coming for them. See, I was about to be really arrogant to be like, I, I'm not that way with power. Like, I'm, I'm not the type that like gets it and needs to use it. But that is a wonderful analogy that I'm like, yep, that's how I am. Of course. Yeah, it doesn't mean when that I you're going to. Yeah. You're not going to do it right away. Right. But you're just going to let people know, I have this ability. <laughs> or like, if somebody says to you, uh, Father, we want to do this. My first reaction is normally, nope. Nope, nope, nope. Okay. Because I, I have power. Okay. And I 
I'll divvy it out whenever I want. And I mean, some of the things is are necessary, you know. Yeah. Like, but sometimes it's like, why exactly am I saying no to this? Yeah. You know, or even yes to it. And I think a lot of it revolves around just lording it over people. And this is where it comes in. So I knew that this was part of my my uh, weakness this long is before. Very honest of you. Oh yeah. I'm a middle child, okay? okay? <laughs> middle children have no power. Okay. Firstborn is beloved by everyone. Right. So proud of you. You do everything right. You look most like me. I have all your baby pictures. Right. You, when you came into our life, we were so, you know, blah, 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 barf. <laughs> okay? Find your pumpkin, jack-o'-lantern, Halloween candy, barf bucket, and insert, you know, <laughs> your feelings. Then you have the youngest. They get everything they want. Right. You know, they're the cute one. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're the apple of the eye, whatever. You got the middle child. Middle child's the ones, they get scrappy. You know, <laughs> they got to they gotta work for it. Right? Right. But when you get power as a middle child, you're like, man, I'm going to lord it over somebody. Wow. Okay. And I knew this about myself. So when, when I got ordained, uh, this woman came up to me from uh, Fort Collins. I was at St. Elizabeth Antseton, and she said, I want to get you a nameplate. I want to get you a nameplate because, you know, like people come to your your office, they want to see it, you know, and I'm like, you know, honestly, like they know who I am. My name's Father, you know, Father (laughs) Nathan. Like they're going to have a general idea that they're talking to a priest. They don't need to see pastor or whatever. I mean, unless you're going to put on their bishop, let's just, you know, let's just wait a little bit, right? (laughs) But... I asked her to do something different. I said, could you put on the passage that we heard from uh, two Sunday's Gospels ago in the Roman church on um, the Peter, James and John come up to Jesus and say, Lord, when you, we want you to do whatever we ask of you. Okay. And he says, what do you want me to do for you? And they say, we want to sit at your right and your left when you come into your kingdom. He said, right. that's not mine to give. And then the other disciples find out that that they asked for that, and they become indignant. And then he says, the leaders of the Gentiles lord it over them, mm. and the rulers make their authority felt. Right. And then this is the line, but it shall not be so among you. Mm. And I said, would you please put that on my desk? But like, it shall not be it so shall among not, okay. Because I realize in myself, I want to lord it over people. Hmm. I want to make my authority felt. Okay. I want power. Okay. And... Uh, so I asked her to put that on my desk so that, like, get a nameplate that would face out so that uh, if I ha- happen to do that, they can look at it nice. and be like, this is not how Christians are supposed to act. Yeah. yeah. Here's the problem. I'm realizing now that the nameplate faces out. Yeah, so you don't see it. I don't see it. Yeah. And I'm starting to get to a point where I'm like, maybe I need to make it double-sided. Yeah. I need to find that lady again. I put it on twice. Yeah. Because I love lording it over people. Hmm. And it violates it violates the number one rule. Yeah. I I think with a lot of people, we just don't realize how we come across. Right. And most of the time we're just trying to trying to get by, smile, get through, pleasant conversation, etc. But then every once in a while we encounter people that test us, and the real metal of character is when you're you're being tested. Right. And I'm realizing that I am the worst Hmm. when I'm being tested. Okay. And so I don't actually have the virtue Hmm. that I... And I don't even believe that I have the virtue. I'm just, like, aspiring after it and trying to do what I can for it. Yeah. Um, But when it comes to encountering people... In difficult circumstances, I am convinced that I have to keep that in front of my mind's eye all the time. Yeah. First is the scripture passage, because obviously, you know, that's Jesus' words. Yeah. But it shall not be so among you. But the second one is don't be a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. Because I want to be. Yeah. I, I think, I mean, this is one of the beauties of community and companions, but. Like, I, I love, I surround myself in the parish, like, with my advisory board, with the people I spend the most time with, 
with people that I know love me, but that are brutally honest. Yeah. Because I'm always afraid I'm going to miss something. So like the, the people that I, and one of my biggest pet peeves in the parish is people that will not communicate. They will not share with me what they see is going wrong. And so I have like four or five people right now that I love being around because I know that, that there's nothing that I'm doing that's frustrating them that they haven't shared with me. Because I, I think, I think we, we can be this way, but we just don't see it. Mm-hmm. It's like we can be completely blind to it. And we need, we need people that are going to say, you're, you're being a jerk, you know? And like Father Daniel, I mean, he, I love him as a companion because he's been that way, I think, more than most new guys have. Yeah. Just very honest, and I think that reveals with, about him a certain confidence. But yeah, it's great. So do you have like a, a small saying that you're like, I got to live out of this? Man. Over and over. Yeah. My biggest, my biggest weakness that I feel and my biggest insecurity is, is a lack of being able to do small sacrifices, like mm. little things I just don't want to do. Like my life is, being a pastor, I can, there's always things to do. And there's things I don't want to do. And there's so many ways of avoiding those things by doing right. other things. And when people call me out, it's just too easy to say I have other things I'm doing. Right. And, and so like right now, I have Melanie. I, I brought her to, to help out because she absolutely calls me out on those things. She'll say, Did, was this really more important right. than sitting in the office getting done the things you don't want to yes. do? And I would, I would be like, you're right. You're right. But, I, but I, there's, as a pastor, there's no one that I've had until recently that actually called me out on that stuff. I'm going to go evangelize Jelly. That's more important than doing cathedraticum, right? The, yep. The tax of the eparchy. And in my head it was, and sometimes it is, but it was also an a, a escape and excuse. all the time. No, exactly, not all the time. But so, so anyway, it's, it's really nice because I don't think, I think I would have been like, I have my priorities straight. You know what? Forget the, forget the taxes and the administration, things like that, that all my parishioners know I'm really bad at getting that stuff in. But I'm, I love evangelization. I love being with people. And, and I can make every excuse in my head how being with people is love and doing the taxes is not, and that's not right. It's, just as, it's, it's as loving to my people to take care of those aspects of administration as it is to, to try to bring souls through one-on-one conversation to Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's, and that, that was just a tough thing to learn. But I, I don't think I would have gotten it unless she called me out. So, amen. But so I, I guess if you're asking for a phrase... No, I usually when I'm praying for it, I pray for zeal. That that that's that's sure. the that's the phrase I think. I need I need I need zeal that leads to overcoming the the little sufferings and to be able to do them well. I totally think if if somebody put a gun to my head and said, "Do you love Jesus?" I fully believe I would say yes and I would die a martyr. But you ask me to sit in the office for an hour when I don't want to. Right. And I'm like, no. You know, so it's like, really? Could I really die a martyr in the moment if I can't even have a small suffering like that? So I, I guess I need a phrase. If anybody has a phrase that would help me say, get my priorities straight and to have, to be able to suffer through little sufferings as much as I think I could the big ones, if you can think of anything, Father Nathan, too, of course. So I guess I don't have one. I want one. It'd be nice. You can do anything you want but not everything. <laughs> Something for the Bible would be nice, though. Oh. <laughs> yeah, mine's not really. Um, I would just say, like, I think it's important, building on one of your points, because uh, we don't have people that'll actually tell us, you're, you're escaping. Yeah. You're, you're, you're playing the exact same card over and over. Yeah. Like you're smiling like a Cheshire cat, but inside I can tell like you don't like this, mm. you know. And sometimes there are people in uh, our life that can do that for us. And certainly in brotherhood, you know, we don't we don't look for escapes, right? Even in brotherhood, it's like I find that we're much more honest. Like here's an example: the other day, one of the companion brothers who will remain nameless, Okay. decided, like, there was a text stream. We were all getting together for a board game. Yes, I remember Which this. we recently discovered a new board game. Amazing. Seven Wonders. Ah. 
I got my butt kicked every single time, but okay. loved it. Loved nice. that game. Okay. And while we're on the tech stream, trying to figure out, hey, does anybody want to come today? Um, okay, fine. And then uh, there's like another comment made, etc. One of the guys comes in and says, hey, the guys in my fraternal group, can you like respond to this? So it's just like you're sending a message to 10 people. Oh, I see. When you really only had three people that you needed to text. And instead of taking the time to like, you know, deal with, you know, the three people and like loading in their names on your phone, you just decided to email everybody. And I'm like, I wanted to respond back and say to my companion brothers, to my uh, fraternal fraternal group brothers, what's up? Hope you're having a great day. (laughs) You know? And I'm like, okay, why would I do that? You wanted to be a drip. Right. Yeah. Okay. Because that's exactly what I wanted to do. Yeah. I wanted to like did you ever see that Will Ferrell skit dissing your dog? No. He has this thing where he says um uh instead of like beating your dog or like yelling at the dog, you just like use uh sarcasm to like mm-hmm. make the dog feel bad. Right. And he's oh, like he, the dog is sitting in his chair and he's like, "Oh no, 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 Humphrey. Don't get up." You've had a long, hard day and a high-stress job. Oh, wait a second. That's me. You're the one who sits around in a pool of your own slobber. And that's what I want to do. I want the other person to be, like, to see the error of their ways and then be like, wow, Goble, you are unrefutable. And be like, exactly. (laughs) Now sit down. But it doesn't work that way. You want them to be shamed and to be glorified. Right. We all do, yeah. But that, that is a very, very bad cocktail when it comes to priestly life. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, think, I think it's true in work life. I think it's true in family life. I've, had, I've sat in the middle of certain conversations where you can tell that one of the spouses has something over the other. Mm. Oh, and waiting. Yeah, oh yeah. And they're just kind of like, oh, mm, really? Because I remember it this way. Yeah. It's like, ooh. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, we all know, we all obviously want in an argument to have that one thing that, no, that they can't refute. That'll just utterly shame them, stop the argument, and glorify us. Um, but I, I, do, I also have had that experience that everybody has where you're in an argument and, and all you want to do is win. Yes. You will white lie. You will distract. Oh, yeah. You will ad hominem. You'll do anything just to actually... Or you'll make certain things much, much smaller. Yeah, right. And then other things a lot Exaggerate even, yeah. even your own feelings and yeah. There's been times, I did this recently actually, where I, where I was looking for an excuse to end the argument and I didn't realize that until they said one thing that I thought I can focus on that it's because it's irrefutable that they did it was wrong. I, I can focus on that and I can say, we're done. We're done. And that's exactly what I did. And it was actually later on that day where I thought, that's what I was doing. I was looking for one thing that they would say that I can say, this argument is over. What you said was over the line. Over the line. Completely inappropriate. And so we're not even going to continue this argument. And it was just because I wanted out. I don't remember why, but it was like I wanted out. And when, they, when as soon as they said it, I leapt on it. I was like, done. What you just said, I'm done. Yeah, that was humbling to have that realization of what my intentions were and how I acted out of out of those intentions without even realizing it. So yeah, winning. Yeah, right. Winning and uh, keeping score. And we we did a marriage retreat this weekend with Father Brian, um, John Zimmer, big time name wow. from Focus. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know this, but like his daughter ran in the state track, straight state cross country meet this week. Wow. <laughs> Pretty amazing. I one time had Ricky Soldini and Chris Stefanik in Lit- Divine Liturgy. Uh-huh. And of course, Chris Stefanik. And then Ricky is Leah Darrow's husband. Uh-huh. And it was only the two of them. Their wives weren't there. Mm-hmm. So I made this big deal about. Um, like, these are the husbands of these women. Wow. And it was just funny for Chris because he's much more well-known than his wife is. <laughs> that's what I was going for. I, right. think he, I think he got it. Yeah. yeah, so we did this marriage retreat, and one of the things they were talking about was, like, don't keep score. 
you know? Right. And I think the dangerous thing for priests is that we don't have anyone to kind of take us down a notch. Right. And so God ultimately has to do it, <laughs> like, either on retreat or through our brothers or through these, like, iconic situations where you don't realize it until afterwards. Right. Like, I'll tell you a story. So there was a woman. This isn't me being a jerk. This is like me, God, having to write in huge, bold letters. Okay. So I pull up to a stoplight. I look to my left. There's a woman uh, sitting on a five-gallon bucket, holding a chihuahua, smoking a cigarette, listening to rap music. Wow. And she's got a sign up saying, like, you know, anything helps. Okay. And I'm (laughs) sitting there at the stoplight with my window open, listening to her rap music, just kind of looking at the, the wildness of this situation. Okay. And I'm looking, and I have one more gift card, one more McDonald's gift card. Oh. And I'm thinking to myself, do you think this lady's, like, actually poor? Does she really need it, yeah. Yeah, does she really need it, you know? And as I'm, as I'm thinking about all this, you know, kind of processing, she turns to me, and she goes, God bless. Oh, snap. And the light turns green, and I just go. And I'm like, that was Jesus saying, <laughs> dude, I was poor, yeah. and I put on like this total crazy costume, <laughs> chihuahua, rap music, whatever, because nice. I thought you would be like, dude, that's awesome. Right. I can help you. But instead, you didn't, you didn't help. Wow. And I was like, dang it. Wow. So I just think, I think people don't feel comfortable telling their priest when they've been hurt by him. Yeah. I think with, with other people, they will. Like, you would not believe what right. this person said to me, right. or this happened after Divine Liturgy, or this happened at Mass, or I don't fully understand what this person's deal was, etc. But like with Father, it's like, oh, hi, Father. Yeah. You yeah. know? I think that's dangerous. Oh, yeah. 97% of my parish is like that. But I found those 3%. And I found those who can be completely honest. And I and I, but I've been there, also been there thirteen years. So it's like you 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 start finding those people who are going to be completely honest. Like like for me, I think she listens. But Perla Hoskins is that way, and I love it. That's I've I've invited her into just I, I've told her over and over again, please continue to be honest with me because she will like she will even in like boards if she's on a board she did this before where she she just is so honest with me like this is why this parish is suffering this is why we're not as fruitful or as effective as we need to be mm-hmm. and and it was in a, it was in the context of a, of an advisory board which is perfect and and kind of she got other people to open up about their own frustrations and it was great and at the end of it then she's she felt she's like I feel like I was too strong I was like you weren't too strong I was like that's exactly what I need and I've told you and invited you into that multiple times, but she still felt so bad that she bought me beer. And then mm. whiskey, I think. She walked in, there was a whiskey on my desk the next day, and I was like, this is the perfect situation. I get good advice and whiskey whenever, <laughs> right, whenever she decides I think, to, to I think people somebody. feel guilty about saying something. Like, even like, hey, Father, did you take care of that thing I asked you to do? And then you're like, uh, no, really. It's like, yeah. I'm so sorry I asked. Yeah, you must be right? so busy. Right. And it's right. like, no, actually, I remember that email. I've just, I've watched... 15 cat videos. Um, I went to Chipotle. You know, like, yeah, I got yeah. to bed early. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there are just ways in which I think we need to acknowledge to our parishioners, we don't have it all together. Right. We don't have everything figured out. Right. And if you see something, yeah. say something. Because on, in all honesty, not every priest is like that. There are priests, there are clergymen who I know that do not take criticism well at all and they they would not want that i mean i don't take it well in the moment right right but but i think that's the point is that we clergy actually need to invite people into that because we need we need to say you know even if i get defensive in the moment i do want to hear this Mm -hmm. like even maybe maybe if you feel better doing writing a letter doing an email calling texting talking in person whatever it is but no absolutely and that was one of the first things i said when i came to the parish not knowing how how hard it would be to take it well but when i the day i was made pastor i said please give me feedback and then some people did it and and i didn't take it well other people that i did and i've kind of gotten better about that but yeah I, I think it's up to us priests to to repeatedly invite and one thing i've realized is that sometimes you have to invite people personally i can't just sure. say to the whole parish give me feedback but if i say to one person i respect you 
and I respect the way you see ministry and Christ and what he's doing in this parish, and I would like you to give me feedback. Hmm. And oftentimes that's when I get it from people that have never shared anything before, and they probably wouldn't. And as frustrating that is for me that they probably wouldn't, with the, with the personal invitation, they oftentimes will, even if it's later. So, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's one of the biggest dangers. Is I, I kind of preached on that tonight, actually, is is getting into positions of authority and then just getting very, very used to, you know, defining your success by your own definition rather than getting any feedback for it. Mm-hmm. Right, and you will achieve your goal, and you will trample on persons in the, like, in order to get to it. Yeah, right. And then it's like, well, congratulations, like you you made it to where you wanted to go. No one's actually around anymore because right, they didn't exactly. really like it. Yeah. So um, I guess the, the ultimate takeaway is we all, have, we all have things in ourselves where it's like we don't want to do it, but we end up doing it. Yeah. And it's helpful for us when people actually say, I know you don't want to do this, okay. but do you realize that you're doing it? Yeah. yeah. Again Absolutely. and again and again. Yep. Like I have a fear, I have a fear sometimes that people don't like um, me to take control of a conversation. Hmm. But sometimes it's like I'm just asking questions because there's kind of dead air, right? But maybe they've got another topic that they want to talk about. Yeah. So then I leave there and I'm like, well, like I didn't really have a good conversation because I just kind of asked a bunch of different questions and kept it light. Yeah. Told a few stories. But then is that just egoism? And it's like, I should just go into a conversation and be like, what does this person want to disclose to me instead of what do I want to learn from them? Right. You know? Right. Um, But if if some people are like, no, actually, it's helpful because we don't really know each other and it's nice to have somebody like talk. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. Or sometimes it's like, "Eh, yeah, you kind of talked about what you did for the last, you know, 45 minutes. Right. Who wants to be that guy? Yeah. It's also, I, I find that... No, let me tell you another story about myself. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's very true that, and there's been a lot of memes recently I've looked at about, about, uh, about introverts, and like a lot of introverts, their only friends, I mean like hardcore introverts, mm-hmm. their only friends are extroverts that, that like sought them out. It was like, hey, guess what? We're friends now. And like, and, and supposedly, I'm not an introvert, so I don't know, but like supposedly some introverts like that. They, they like people just going out of their way to say, you're kind of cool. Do you want to be friends? And they're like, all right. But they, they, they won't like seek out people they like, but they'll just, they'll kind of accept the invitation into friendship. And um, I found that way too, that um, some introverts in my life, that they, they, they just appreciate long pauses because they're processing. And yeah. so when, as an extrovert, I'll try to jump in there thinking it's an awkward thing. Right. And they're just like, if you paused long enough and shut up for a bit, then right. I, I might actually say something deep. And then, yeah, you leave the conversation, and they, they didn't share anything, and you feel like, well, what a great, great friend I was. I filled in all the awkward pauses. Right. And they're like, there weren't enough pauses for me to process. So, oh, we learn as we go. That's Father Barstead. Dude, I was, that's, that was my exact thought. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's it. He was the one I was thinking of. Because he'll do this thing where yeah. he kind of, like, twitches his foot. Okay. He's kind of, like, just kind of roam, like... Allowing allowing the silence to settle and kind of thinking about things. Yeah. And I'm like, Gobel, don't say anything. You're going to get like freaking amazing commentary. Exactly. Don't blow it. And then I'm like, so have you seen Incredibles 2? <laughs> <laughs> so no, he's the exact one. He's, he, he, he processes in silence and then he says things that are incredibly deep and right. incredibly helpful. And yeah. that, but that's kind of why I learned. I actually, I slow down the divine liturgy because of watching him slow things down. And I'm like, can't wait to see that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I've, I've seen now two, two divine liturgies of his. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's very the new priests. Well. New priests normally say the mass slower, divine liturgy right. slower. Right. When it's like, you know, their third, you know, like event and right. They got to get to their kid's birthday party or whatever else. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see how slow he yeah. is, you know, but it's, I, I would say, like, ultimately, we're not looking for we're not looking for marriage. A lot of people are like, "Well, priests they just need to be married because they would receive a lot of these things." Oh. I would say, like, we actually need people in our life that love us enough to right. be able to say, 
Father, these are the these are the things that we we can't do without. Yep. We love the fact that you're so evangelical that you actually go to the peripheries, that you love the poor, etc. Right. These three things like are kind of like, you know, take it or leave it. Like, right. you know, if you if you could work a little better on this, these three things are like we need you to actually commit to them. Yeah. You know, yeah. or stop doing them. Right. Like my name is not Denise. It's Sunit. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, Denise? It's like, it's Sunit. I'm like, have we met? I did that to yeah. another lady. I, so there's this lady in my parish. God bless her. Every time I see her, I have absolutely no idea why. I always think that she just came in from California. She lives in Arvada. <laughs> okay. But I've got it in my head that she lives in California. Okay. So then when I see her, I go, hey, so are you in for the weekend? And she goes, I come to Mass every week. Why <laughs> and you, do you say that every week. <laughs> but I only see her like once every, I would say, three, four months. Okay. Like she only comes over to me. She's pretty quiet. I see. So, so then she said I did that to her the other day. And like as I'm saying it, I was like, don't say she's from California. She's not from California. What do I do? Awkward silence. <laughs> hey, so did you just get in from California? Denise. <laughs> Denise. Anyways. But people yeah. are like, priests should be married because then they wouldn't have to deal with these things. I'm like, no, we just need people in our life. Yeah, you do it. Yeah, don't tell me yeah. to be married. You do it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on a, on a, I mean, going back to it, though, I mean, it, that's, uh, and, and again, in the Eastern theology, you're, you, you have community. You're either a monk or you're a married pastor. So you do have those people around you and it's built in. But I, I think that's important. That's why I love being a companion. It's, it's like we, we need to be that honest with each other. And I've seen things in fraternal group that make my heart rejoice because I'm like, this is kind of the elephant in the room. Yeah. And finally someone said it. And it, it took us a bit, but I'm glad they did. And I'm glad they said it the way they did because, you know, now, now there's no way I can say this guy just doesn't know. Like, right. it, it was stated eloquently and to the point and directly, in, in, but in a loving way where there's no doubt that there's a desire for real growth and holiness and, and a point towards salvation. So, yeah. And we've talked about this before, but, like, the three, the three marks of, of kind of friendship is, like, vulnerability, reverence, and then mutual help. Yeah. So, like, I mean, you're actually you're actually looking to disclose to the brothers, like, here's what I struggle with. Yeah. And instead of being like, okay, now let's fix you, you're like, let's reverence that. Right. Like, oh, yeah. What is it that you're you're striving for? Hmm. Why is it that you're doing the things you're doing? Hmm. And then, you know, mutual help can be correction, right? Or it could be encouragement. Yep. You know, intercession, all of those things. But if it's just like. Father doesn't hear any of those things. Yeah. We're not helped and you're not helped. Right. right. So so that's kind of the first rule, okay? Okay. We're going to do nine other rules. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you I'm going to tell you I think what was the other three of the other ones. Okay. And they're very short. And they're not like the first one, okay? Okay. Number 1. Number 2, excuse me. Number 2. Right. Carry a pen. Not your phone? No, carry, I mean, carry a pen. Okay. You should carry a pen on you at all times. Okay. Are you carrying your pen right now? Yeah. Me too. Yeah. R- Pi- r- rule made. Pilot G2. Oh, uh, me too. What, 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 what width? Do you have my point three eight? Point three eight. That's tiny. Yeah. You like the tiny ones? Yeah. Oh, I carry a seven. I love the, the thick. Gosh. Yeah, gel pen. Yeah. No. No, I mean, I, there are times that I like, I like the G207 whenever I'm writing a letter. Okay. Because then I don't have to write as much. Right. But like, if you're underlining in books, the .38 is just... Uh, I can't even stand a five. That's way too thin for me. Dude, if you think that's crazy, uh, Father Peter Musset writes with a .25. Really? I can't even do it. Wow. Like, that thing stinks. Anyways. Uh, carry a pen. Yeah. Another one. Carry a handkerchief. So wait, so why the pen? Like, there are so many times where, like, you're in, you're in a situation, like, where you get an emergency phone call, okay. where oh, somebody, like, has a question, you know, and, like, you need to write something down, right. like, for them, 
or like you need to take down some information. Yeah. And then you're just that guy who's just like, uh, 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 can I yeah. can I borrow a pen? Uh, do you have a pen? Okay. Lame. Right. Be a man. Carry a pen around. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I ruined one of my uh, favorite uh, jackets recently on the plane down to Barstad's ordination because I was uh, having my pen in my pocket yeah. and didn't realize, but I had it like not clicked in. Oh, yep. Yep. Got black ink all over yep. it. Okay. Lame. Yeah. Anywho, carry a pen. Two, three, carry a handkerchief. Okay. Honestly, as a priest, people cry a oh, lot around yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. They do. You, you deal with a lot of women. Yeah. <laughs> and like... <laughs> You do not know what they're going to bring up, and right. sometimes you're talking about something totally random, yeah. and then like then all of a sudden it's like the waterworks, right? And they don't have they don't have tissues, and you don't have. I mean, you can't use your sleeve, right? <laughs> Here, use my sleeve exactly. <laughs> so then you just give them your handkerchief. It's yeah. a very manly thing, right? Okay, I like it. Yeah. Number four, and we'll we'll cover the rest of them some other time. Number four, park away from the event so you can get away easier. Oh, I see. So if you get, try to get the closest spot, you're going to be locked in right. when everybody else is like trying to get out of the you know, liturgy or like you know, whatever. Right. A three-minute walk is better than being stuck in a parking lot for 10 minutes. Right. Okay. So I will park on the street near the event and walk to the event nice. instead of instead of parking super close. Yeah. Time tested. Yeah. Mother approved. These are like uh, tricks of the trade and uh, what do they call those? Life hacks. Life hacks. Life but hack. I mean, honestly, the other three were just like, here are things that I've learned that'll help you out. Right. And I mean, I, Eusterman knows a lot of them. Okay. But the first one that I learned as a pastor is don't be a drip. Right. So yeah. that's it. Cool. Trying to live it. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. So if seminarians are listening, listen up. So I didn't realize, but perhaps I came off awkward or rude to the people of Iowa. So in the spirit of the seat <laughs> conference, right. which I am recording at, with the rest of the Catholic stuff crew, John Zimmer was like, do we really want you guys at Focus, you know, conference? I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, eh. <laughs> I mean, like, can you guys keep it to, like, five minutes? What? I'm like, dude, we are going to drop a bomb on that conference. Yeah. yeah, so we're going to Seek. Hope to see most of you there. Oh, yeah. Seek Indianapolis early January. Like I said, I'm going to be shooting uh, Sour Patch Kids out of a cannon. <laughs> we gotta invent this. That would be that hard to look up like potato gun full of sour patch kids. No, I'm just gonna stuff I'm just gonna stuff some sour patch kids into a marshmallow gun and just have it a trebuchet. A what? A trebuchet? Is that how you pronounce it? The little things you build at Boy Scouts, the, the little they fling Trebuchet, trebuchet? I don't know how to pronounce it. I have it. absolutely no idea what you're talking it's, about. It's like a I'll show y'all. It's a catapult. It's it's like a catapult exactly, but it, there there's ropes that hang down and it kind of flings it. And then it oh, yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. So you could, we could build one of those, just be flinging Sour Patch Kids into the crowd. So I got to give a shout out to all the people of Iowa because you know, like, they were offended. So Dubuque, <laughs> Iowa, Ankeny, Des Moines, Watcher, uh, Griswold, Atlantic, Lincoln, Clinton. These are all places in Iowa that I... Davenport, that's where my uh, uncle lives. I think I, I think I could have named two, so I commend you for your knowledge oh, yeah. of Iowa. Iowa's sweet. Notice how I did not mention Iowa City. Okay. Because <laughs> that's where the Hawkeyes are. Uh, Barf. Anyways, um, who else? And let's do a random one. We did Tennessee last time, and then I randomly met some people from Tennessee... Uh, who came to the parish. Okay. So, oh yeah, we should do, we should do Washington. State? Washington State. Mel Strazic. Okay. Father Mel oh, Strazic. Oh yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah. Priest of Seattle. Priest of Seattle. Yeah. 
We learned a lot about uh, Seattle. Well, Seattle's one of those places that I only know two cities. Seattle and Kelso. Kelso, Washington, which is nowhere. It's like the middle of nowhere. Okay. It's a beautiful town. I can't even a few more in Washington. Spokane, Olympia. Uh, what's the airport? SeaTac. Uh, Tacoma. Seattle, Tacoma. It's pronounced Tacoma. Do you know Taco Cat that, is, like is spelled the same forward and backwards? Uh, very cool. Very I saw a shirt that said that. It's pretty cool. <laughs> I have a couple shout-outs. Go ahead. All right. So a Luis Montesi fan from, I believe, Tennessee. Sorry, bud. Uh, Tennessee, Kentucky. I think it's Tennessee. Anyway, he came out, contacted me, and uh, oh yeah, coffee. Yeah. Dude, that guy, I tried to call him three different times. We played phone tag three different times, and then I forgot to call him back. Okay. So I'm sorry. Did you meet up with him? Yeah. We went to Devil's Food, had coffee, and then actually went hiking up in Boulder, and I texted John and asked, Father John, and asked what are some good hiking trails, and he gave me a few, so I gave him along to him. So, yeah. Oh, man. I could have recommended a great hiking trail. You walk from your car into this restaurant where they serve Italian beef. Really? Yeah, that's the hike. You walk from the parking lot into this restaurant. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very global hike. Yep. Um, then I also, uh, cool. speak, speaking of Perla Hoskins, the woman I mentioned earlier, um, her kids listen to the podcast in the car and don't believe it's me. Because the guy on the podcast is way too cool to be the priest that they know. Agreed. That is their, that is their pastor and who stops by their school almost every day and says hello. So... Um, so, yes, so Gabriel, Michaela, and Angelica, all named after angels, which are these beautiful. Um, huh. Gabriel, Michaela, Michaela, and Angelica, this is Father Michael from church. This is Father Michael from Sophia Montessori. And, Whoa, mind blown. And this is the same guy. I don't know if you ever heard my voice, but love you guys. And uh, keep up with the idea that I'm not cool, because that's probably more appropriate. Yeah. Keeps you more humble. All right, that's it, folks. We are uh, closing it down on Halloween. Hope you had a fright night. And, uh, yeah, we will see you guys uh, later. Bye.